Hello and welcome to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast with Ben, Jazz and Dan. Navigating the complexities of sustainability one pod at a time. I'm Ben McCabe, founder of McCabe & Partners, a purpose-driven executive search and talent advisory. And I'm Josh Grinsing, founder of Recycle App, a recycling software platform that tackles the problem of waste going into the landfill. The decision-making is moved by the people or the person. And based on my experience, I had startups with great timing, perfect idea, good money, perfect location, but the team failed and everything failed with, uh, with it. So, um, yeah, for me, the person or the people behind the startup is uh, the, the key of the, of the success. What we do, it is very simple. In our website, you can see who produced the shoes, where it's produced, address, contact information. So we are very transparent. In terms of a bigger brand, you know, I don't want to talk bad about competitors, but sometimes it's a bit complex. And we know in India, people that produce for these big brands and the conditions are a bit different than what we do. Of course, for them to produce the bird that you have on your feet is $4, $5. Yeah. And they sell it for $130, $150. So transparency is something that we uh, really want to be clear. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Nice to finally be back after a long hiatus. You've been on a bit of an exodus. Uh, Our good friend Jazz is missing in action this week, but we've got um, his co-founder, Daniel Ashcroft, who was obviously in our first episode, which is good. So good to have a bit of... uh, Mixing things up in here. Where is Jazz actually? Is he, he's traveling, I think, isn't he? He is. For the first time, he has left the country in four years and he's gone off to France to see his, his in-laws and Nice. Very good. Family. Very worthy cause. And we won't crucify him for any carbon footprint. <laughs> <laughs> um, but good to get another podcast uh, in the recording. We also have uh, Adol, who's also our um, head of content and research uh, with us too. So Adol, thank you for all your help um, so far with uh, show notes and preparation. But today, very, very excited to have a good friend, but also a serial um, angel investor. We haven't had anyone really from the investment side, but also very active in some great impact investments, businesses with great social purpose. Welcome to the studio, Matteo Boffer. Oh, thank you, Ben. Good to see you. Yes. Um, As a very quick summary, if you don't know Matteo, he is a Swiss national, a angel investor in some great companies, some based here, some originated here, some based outside of the region. The most high profile one, I guess, is Tayley. But Matteo, tell us about yourself. We'd love to know a bit about who you are, your journey, what brought you to Dubai, and obviously what took you on this angel investing journey. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I used to be a very, very boring Swiss banker. I started my journey as a apprenticeship. Um, it's a vocational path in Switzerland. It's very common. And at the age of 14, I started my apprenticeship. I did three years and worked for the same bank. Uh, 14? Yeah, 14. Yeah, it's oh, very common. Okay. It's not just for banking. It can be for the guy who cleans the chimney, for yeah. uh, whatever mechanic, nice. whatever profession you can think about it. Uh, there is this process of three years formation. So did my, my formation, three years, and um, worked six years for the same bank. And after I realized, okay, this, uh, this is not for me. I was never the brightest student. Uh, my vote was limited to pass the class. And, uh, you know, my family, they're all bankers. So I was pushed into this career by, by force because you, going to university would have been impossible for me. So I resigned, went to New York, studied English. And uh, unfortunately, I had a very bad uh, divorce and my mom passed at the same time. So I said I want to to leave and um, 
Dubai came to me as an oasis of opportunity in the desert, worked for a few months in a multinational company, and I started my first business that failed miserably, uh, lost almost all my savings, started my second business that I was able to exit it uh, in around 16 months. And uh, yeah, after with the money, you know, I decided to give back to young entrepreneurs, uh, people that loves to do, because I'm not a big doer. If I have to be honest, I love to invest in people. I love to gamble in youth that have great idea with a purpose. So yeah, I started with a few investments, few went well, other went very bad. But up to now, yes, I have to, to be honest and I'm very happy in, in how few of the startups are doing. Yeah. That's and, right. Yeah, no, it's good. And I, I guess, you know, a lot of investments can end up that way. People often describe either VC, angel investing can be a little bit like spread betting in some ways where you know, it's kind of like, you know, you back nine horses and hopefully one of them comes in is like the scenario or analogy often used. What's your sort of either investment thesis? What do you look for? I guess, you know, looking at some of the investments you made, there's clearly maybe an impact investment angle there. Or is it the person? Is it the the market that you're looking at? What, what sort of gets you sort of to put some money in? Yeah, I, I have to start explaining the hunting territory. So I love to go to university uh, where I do some lecture sometimes and I often have shark tank kind of competition nice and um, i love to go there because you have very good students with very good ideas and they're very focused on the technicality of the product or the service and um, for me it's good because it's cheap uh, it's the first time that they see an investor so i can acquire cheap shares and um, back to your question it's the decision making is moved by the people Mm. or the person. For me, 51% of the success of any startup is based on, on people. And based on my experience, I had startups with great timing, perfect idea, good money, perfect location, but the team failed and everything failed with, uh, with it. So um, yeah, for me, the person or the people behind the startup is uh, the, the key of the, of the success. And of course, the investment that they do is mostly impact startup with a social or environmental positive angle. Brilliant. And what about um, location? I mean, are you only investing in companies here in the UAE or are you sort of quite diversified into where the money goes? It's a, really depending on the idea. Uh, I recently invest in Mexico, India, Switzerland and, and UAE. So nice. there is not really a location that limits myself. Yeah. Which, uh, which out of the sort of recent investments are you most excited about? Is there any that you can sort of talk openly about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mean here in the UAE or in well, general? Well, just generally, yeah. Yeah, I recently invested, like I recently paid the, the, the acquisition of the share of um, cricket farming in Mexico. I don't know why I had a very good feeling. Again, a student from uh, one of the most prestigious universities in, in Mexico. And they just create this system of farming uh, cricket with basically no water. You don't need much than... 40 square meters yeah. and uh, no electricity. They grow very fast and they transform it into a powder, like a flower. And the flower went uh, into cookies, pasta, uh, dog food, cat food. And, um, you know, if you see the cost for production and how much you can sell it for, the margin is incredible. It's the beauty of it. I have the same feeling of veganism 10, 15 years ago, yeah. um, where people will never think about having a vegan burger in McDonald's or Burger King. Uh, now it's one of the best sellers. So I have a good feeling. I move myself uh, very much in feelings during the investment. Right. And um, it solves a problem. Uh, of course, the, there is the brutality angle of killing insects, which I'm fairly, I know that it's happened. Uh, but from the other side, we avoid killing animals, uh, cows, for yeah. example, and you reduce the space and the surface of farming by... by and resources yeah. needed in the process. Yeah. And it's very healthy as well. So you have protein, you have no carbs, and for people with a certain disease, it's very good. And where, where along the journey is that company at the moment? At what, what point have you come in? So I usually enter as a first investor um, yeah. because I like to, as I said, have 
chip shares and um, have some kind of uh, mentoring site. Uh, again, I'm not technical in cricket or in shoes <laughs> or in vegan ice cream or laundry company or chauffeur company. But I think I have a good feeling introducing people. Uh, as I so said, I'm, I'm, do you come in from a business sense? So you're like, okay, I'm going to come in and invest, and then do you support in the business yeah, operation of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not really in the <clears throat> operational per se, but just introducing to bigger investor that look at me and say, okay, Matteo, if you come out of the cage from the tiger with uh, still your legs and your arm, maybe we will put a bigger ticket. And at the same time, my uh, valuation uh, shares goes up, so it's a, it's a win-win for for everybody. Yeah. And um, yeah, usually first investor. Okay. Yeah, and that's hugely valuable for any either first-time founder or, you know, serial founder. You know, that sort of early stage, cash is tight, needs some injection. But actually, rather than just go, there's some card, uh, cold hard cash, actually, you're getting active investment. So you're not just buying, you're not just taking cash, you're also getting the access to your network and obviously your experience of obviously having been there once or twice before with the previous company. So that's hugely valuable more than just the cash itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars are the most important for the for the company. For example, this cricket company was able to uh, get another greenhouse uh, and they double the the, the production straight away. Um, so going to VC and pretend higher valuation or waiting for millions, maybe it can happen, but you're going to lose the momentum and somebody else can come with the same idea with a cheaper price and owe more money. So it's yeah. important. This very initial injection of capital, it's it's very important for the startups. Yeah. And what um, for, for anyone who I guess who hasn't done any angel investing before, because it could be quite unknown, you know, people tend to sort of do the traditional stock market investment sort of put away and they can see it and they can take it out whenever they want. For, for you, having been there and done it numerous times, when could you expect to get some sort of return on that investment? I mean, sometimes it could be never. Sometimes <laughs> you could get really lucky in like a couple of months. But do you just lock it away and, you know, don't think about it? Or do you have any sort of expectation and timelines? To be honest, as an angel investor, you always have to think this is the money that I will never get back. This is the, the, the number one thing. You cannot uh, open your crypto app and put money and five minutes later you can sell it. This mm -hmm. is not the, the purpose. Angel investment from my side is mostly impact investment, which means return will be even longer than like tech companies or tech startups. Yeah. I always start my feeling of investing. This is money that I don't need for me, for my, my, my wife, for my family. It's a gamble. And of course, the, the return can be good. If we look at the example of the shoes, for me now I'm doing around 10,000 10, x of what I put. So it's it's gamble. Amazing. Um, it can be one year, can be 10 years, can be never. Mm. What um what are you most excited about at the moment? You've got, um we I guess, one of the most high-profile brands in your investment portfolio is uh, Tayley, which I've come to know quite well. They're very prominent here in the UAE. But if, for anyone who doesn't know anything about Tayley, tell us about, I guess it's quite an interesting journey for what I understand as to how you met the founder and how, yeah. obviously what then took you to investment. What what was, uh, describe that process for us because I think it's a super cool brand. I think it's a very romantic story and it's uh, the one that is closer to my heart. Um, so it was in 2019, I've been asked by Amity University in Dubai to come and participate as a judge in a, again, startup competition. And um, all the startup were app or website, nothing very interesting or, yeah, that appeals to me. At a certain point, I think it was startup number 10 over 12, there is this young guy, crazy Afro hair, come on stage with not even a pair of shoes, with one shoe, one left shoe <laughs> that we still have, by the way, entirely made with plastic bags and plastic bottles. So I say, okay, I, I know a bit the industry and I look into him and I say, this is a cool guy with a cool idea. He handed me the, the shoes. It was the most ugliest shoes I ever saw in my life. I, I can <laughs> promise you that was, was, was terrible. 
very so, broadly made and uh, the quality and there was glue all over. It was, was very like prototype, yeah, pre-prototype stage. And um, I don't know, I fell in love with the idea that his business plan was interesting. Uh, his speech was very, very, good, very well done and big heart, big heart guy. So he ended up winning the competition. I was not the only judge, by the way. And I shake hands with him and he said, OK, tomorrow we meet. Uh, the day after we met and I put $10,000 on the table and I say, okay, let's start a company. We had a gentleman agreement, which he will always keep 51% of the company and yeah. I will get 49 and I do it myself. And for me, you know, the most romantic thing uh, about it is uh, I've got invited by his mom and, and, and dad and uh, they took me to this uh, Indian restaurant and they were very happy and they said, uh, thank you, Matteo, for believing in our kids. And uh, for me, it was that very emotional still uh, thinking about this specific moment in the restaurant. Amazing. And um, yeah, thankfully, COVID happened. Uh, I have to say for us, it was a blessing because we were kind of ready to launch uh, the product on the, on the market. I was very excited and probably I pushed him to, to launch uh, too fast. COVID happened, stopped us completely. We revisited the production. We revisited the materials, the design, the prototype, the comfort. And um, it came out as a super perfect product at the end. Another magic happened uh, a magic thing happened. Uh, Business Insider, which is a very big um, yeah, it's huge um, video making business making video channel. I yeah, yeah, platform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, platform. Sorry, they came to India. They took some shots uh, and they left. And um, yeah, a few months later, they just published it, and uh, we hit a few millions view in in, in few hours. And um, this um, phenomenal guru, rich billionaire, uh, Indian from uh, from um, yeah from from India. Uh, Anand Mahindra, he saw uh, this video, he tweeted it and he said, okay, I want to buy a pair. Uh, I feel shame that I didn't know about this Indian company yeah. and um, I want to invest uh, in it. So through some research and contacts of the contacts, we were able to have his contact and um, we text him. He accepted a call, 15 minutes call. He decided to put the money in the company. Wow. And <clears> um, yeah, so, so Mahindra, he's like one of that. Uh, he's a big, uh, big business leader. Yeah. 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 So he's the owner of uh, Mahindra Group, which right. is a uh, huge industry. A few, yeah. few hundred thousand employees. And um, that's amazing for someone like that to sort of pick up on that viral video. What an amazing exposure that obviously then leads to uh, yeah. solid investment. Uh, so that's a great, you know, story for anyone who's obviously like trying to sort of raise awareness that if you can get like a viral brand and obviously shine a light on a, on a particular issue within the industry yep. and i think that you know this is what i know you're not product engineer and this isn't your background per se you're the investor but i think the whole process of the uh, production behind the the whole sneaker in itself is super impressive because maybe we take it back a layer the problem with the industry as we know uh, i think we were looking at some stats i'd all sort of uh, found some really good research you might be able to remind me on the stats if the fashion industry alone was in terms of like the contribution in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, is it somewhere around 8.1% uh, contribution in total adult? Yeah, it's actually accountable for 8.1% of total greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. And it was, if it was a country, it would be the third largest greenhouse producer. Wow. Yeah. And emitting more greenhouse gases than Germany, France, and United Kingdom combined. So that's huge. Yeah, so there, there's the problem in itself. Obviously, you know, we all need to clothe ourselves. We all need footwear. We all need to sort of, you know, um, live our lives and be out in public. No one wants to see any of us <laughs> dressed otherwise, I don't Definitely think. Definitely not. But um, 
Yeah, there's a responsible way of doing it. And, you know, people will say the criticism I've had about a lot of businesses that will use plastic, you know, recycled plastics to for their product innovation. You know, there's some clothing brands out there. There's brands that I often talk about, you know, Ocean Bottle who create, you know, this uh, coffee cup and, and the bottles out of ocean plastic waste that you're kind of kicking the can down the road. But really, actually, once it's in the system, you want to keep it and close the loop as much as possible. And that's what you guys do. Because So ha- each pair of sneakers, they it sort of create is made out of plastic bags or yeah, plastic bags and plastic bottles nice um, recycled rubber vegan glue vegan ink we've been assigned as uh, best sneaker award by pita uh, yeah so it's it's certified vegan and of course you know uh, plastic is it's a problem we are trying to find a solution we transform something that was in the landfill uh, we pay people to collect this uh, trash we pay them of, of course it fairly and uh, otherwise this trash uh, will be under your feet, uh, not around your your feet, yeah. if we can call it like this. Yeah, we employ around 150 people. Uh, we give schooling to the employee. Uh, of course, our production site um, in Agra, India, is uh, certified. We produce actually with Bata Shoes, which is one of the largest wow. shoe producers in yeah. the world. Um, we are in the process of completing our B Corp as well. I know your previous episode was related to B yeah, Corp. Yeah, we're big fans. Uh, so, you know, I totally understand the, the, the concern of it's a plastic product and the plastic stays around. Uh, we're just trying to educate people on being creative with trash and yeah. uh, make money out of it is, is a good part and create a, so- a social positive impact. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's complex. You know, we even had people saying, uh, you know, it's not vegan because it's plastic and plastic comes from petrol, which is dinosaur. So your shoes is not, uh, is not vegan. You know, if I have to answer every, every time I have a concern or, or a comment, uh, I would, I would not be able to probably stay here and, and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's cool. It's a great idea. It's a young kid from India who finds a problem and find the same uh, solution uh, from it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's reasonable. We have, um, uh, people complaining uh, about what we do, but nobody's perfect. I think what we are doing, is, it's already a, a, a good step towards sustainability <clears throat> and social impact. Completely agree. And what sort of like production levels are you at the moment? Like how many shoes are being produced? And do you know how much plastic is being taken out of landfills in order to fulfill these? So- yeah, so I don't have the statistics uh, on me at the moment. Uh, we're talking about millions of plastic bags and plastic bottles yeah. for sure. And our production depends on a distributor. At the moment, we have orders that goes from 10,000 pairs to uh, 15,000 pairs uh, that can be monthly as well. Okay, That'll be really good data to have. I'm sure it's probably there in the business already, but actually for traceability and, you know, consumers, they obviously know that they're doing good, but actually from a business point of view, that data is hugely valuable. One, Mm. to sort of look back and look at the impact that you've made in terms of how much plastic you've diverted away from landfill, job opportunities created out of it, because this is what sounds really interesting about the business model is that, you know, people are being paid to rescue the plastic waste Mm. and then that's them being repurposed. So you're providing a source of income for people that need it the most recycling, upcycling that plastic waste to create a really cool product that would otherwise be derived from animal leather or other materials yep. using chemicals to glue that, you know, because I think you guys only use like vegan base. Yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, everything is totally vegan, yeah. Yeah, superb. So it, it does show that, you know, there are alternative ways. And I think, you know, uh, what my opinion of what a fairly priced product is very different to somebody else in the world. But I think in terms of, you know, what a other criticisms of like sustainable brands has been in the past is that you know to buy sustainable sourced manufactured produced products are often quite expensive whereas i think taily you know an average pair of sneakers would probably cost you what 250 dirhams there or thereabouts i mean it might vary from country to country or to you mean for um, to, to buy it to buy yeah, yeah it's around 80 dollar yeah yeah 
which is still 25% cheaper than any other sustainable brand. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, actually. Because yeah. in honor of you coming onto the show, I've worn my Adidas cla- Clean Classics. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I originally, like a few years ago, I heard, first heard about the Adidas Parley. Parley um, the Ocean, yeah. yeah. And that was a great initiative back then. I uh, couldn't get a pair, so mm-hmm. end up with some of these. Yep. Um, and these are 70% recycled, which is a, is a positive, because yep. it's 70%, but it's still not 100 like your shoes are, which mm. I think is amazing. You know, the, the important part of, of any product for, for consumer and, uh, and an investor is to really understand the, the transparency that the brands or the, the, the product has. What we do, it is very simple. In our website, you can see who produced the shoes, where it's produced, address, contact information. So we are very transparent. In terms of a bigger brand, you know, I don't want to talk bad about competitors, but sometimes it's a bit complex. And we know in India, people that produce for these big brands and the condition are a bit different than what we do. Of course, for them to produce the pair that you have on your feet is $4, $5. And they sell it for $130, So for us, it's, um, I can be honest, it's around $15 to $20 because our production scale is is way limited compared to to them. Mm. But, uh, you you know, we we really care about the people that make it and how the, the process is made. So transparency, it's something that we... Uh, really want to be um, clear and that's why we are different also our slogan I don't know if you, you had the chance to see the website is don't just do it do it right <laughs> uh, that was a bit of a cheeky uh, homage to a brand actually we've I think. been by the competitor and uh, I think it was for them more like a friendly introduction and uh, yeah. we, we are allowed to use it so that's brilliant yeah and I think also you know people will see that and sort of you know smile and you know not see it as you trying to sort of infringe on another brand I think it's uh it's a fair statement you know you're not using something to sort of promote your own business I think it, you know you are doing it you know doing it right so uh yeah who knows we might see a very interesting collaboration between <laughs> Let's see. yeah two very important impressive brands so Taily, very understood. And actually, the name, actually, for people from people listening to the podcast, uh, we have got listeners, I, I believe, in India, which is pretty impressive. They will understand the origin of the name, but I guess, uh, yeah. yeah. So Taily means plastic bag in India. Yeah. Does what it says okay. on the tin. Yep. Very yep. good. Impressive. And what else have you uh, got at the moment? I, I see your, for, obviously, our listeners won't see, but you're wearing a t shirt, Zofa, which yep. is a pretty um, fast growing company here in the region, actually. I understand. I've used this service before. Tell us about Zofa. And I, I, I appreciate are you an angel in, in that company, too. Yeah, I was actually first investor and probably client number 100 or something. So I was going out three years ago, two and a half years ago. I went out and um, took my car and went to some friends in Arabian Ranches, which is quite far from, from where I live. And um, everybody was like talking about this offer, it's the new app, it's the new thing. And um, I said, okay, I had a few glasses and um, I said, okay, let's give it a try. I'm always curious to try a new app, a new, new mm. thing. And um, 30 minutes later, a guy come, take me, my wife and my car, drove me back home, perfectly drove, very, very cheap. And um, I was like, I don't know, maybe the, the few glasses helped me to, to motivate my, my, <laughs> my understanding of the company. But uh, I, I fall in love with the concept. It's something that we have in Switzerland called Nez Rouge, that really uh, literally means uh, red nose. Yeah. But it's a service for charity and it's only active for Christmas and New Year's. So you can volunteer to drive somebody else's car if he's not able to drive it. Okay. And I said, this is happening in Switzerland since 30 years. It's kind of a new concept here in Dubai. I like it. It's very good. Um, okay, let's give it a try. So I asked the driver to give me the number of the CEO, uh, Banti. And um, they, after I called him, listen, I want to, to talk to you. Let's have a, a chat. And we had a coffee here in uh, Marina Mall. 
And um, he explained a bit the, the, the dynamics, the value out of it. And I said, okay, love it. Let me see with my wife. And um, okay, done. So I, I put the money in. And at that time, yeah, two and a half drivers. And now we almost have uh, 600, uh, wow. 650. Wow, okay. So it's uh, it's super growing. It's uh, Only in uh, in uh, Dubai or is it across the UAE now? Now we are doing Sharjah and Abu Dhabi as well. Now. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, so the, the platform, obviously, it's not just designed also, I think, for, as I understand it, for, you know, that sort of nighttime event. Mm-hmm. It's also, you know, very accessible for daytime in terms of other services too. Yeah, so the... The nightlife um, business side is around 50%. Yeah. Uh, the rest is uh, people that use it for car service, yeah. uh, RTA registration, which is mandatory here every year per, per car. For family that have kids and don't have the time to pick up and drop off, yeah. um, we have the craziest thing, you know, people that send the car to pick up people at the airport or to pick up a, a, a bag or an envelope or yeah. a uh, even animals, you know, because in, in Dubai you cannot have um, an animal by law in a taxi. So yeah. if you have your own cage and yeah. your own equipment, you yeah. can send the, the cat or the dog to the vet and, and it will bring it back. Brilliant. And I, I, what I love about the business is there's, there's clearly a responsible angle to Zofa as well because mm. one, you know, people drinking, there are unfortunately people who don't abide by the rules and obviously there's a zero tolerance to anyone drinking, but they, it removes any layer there. So it's more responsible. It keeps people safe and better on the roads, but also you can be more sustainable with your time. And, you know, I used the service yesterday. Uh, you know, life is busy enough as it is, you know, to go and take your car for registration can be time consuming. It's like an hour out of your day that you could be doing to work. Whereas, you know, you guys came and took my car to the car garage yesterday, service done, bang. And, you know, it didn't affect my day whatsoever. So, you know, it's giving back to humanity time as well, yep. which is quite good. And, you know, you're providing a source of income to people. It's providing job opportunities. Yep. Uh, and keeping us all busy. So no, it's a very, very cool business. Um, yeah, and you know, it's it's again criticism is okay. You you don't why you don't use electric only electric vehicle because of course we have a shuttle going around to pick up the the drivers once it's finished. Yeah, you know, in a perfect world, uh, we will not have war and 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 we only have peace and uh, rainbows and 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 blue ocean. <laughs> but again, we uh, with this service, we literally saved life. People that otherwise would not be here without having use our service and we employ hundreds of people and so criticism is very easy to do but as an investor as an angel investor and as an impact investor i want to make a positive impact which will never be perfect in in an holistic uh, point of view but yeah. uh, if everybody do a small step toward the, the right decision we we can really make this place a better place yeah, yeah. and that's what it is is creating step change i think isn't it it's you know we we're not here to sort of single out businesses or practices. It's educating and showing there's better ways to do things. So, Taylor, have you considered, you know, uh, innovation in your production by using, you know, plastic waste that's already there in the, in the ecosystem? And then, yeah, the, you know, the ride hailing services get a lot of criticism in terms of it's a gig economy, their benefits, their mm. salaries aren't amazing. But if you're, as a business, acting responsibly, giving back where you can and creating change yep. along the way, then, yeah, why not? Better, better awareness. That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. Um- I just wanted to come back. Um, as you were talking about your story, uh, you said you left your bank in career and you went to your first company, which was a failure. Then as, as an angel investor, you invest in 10, one might be successful. It's just wondering, like, failure, I don't believe failure is ever a failure if you don't learn from it. Like, if you learn from it, it's not a true failure. So mm-hmm. did you learn anything from your first company that you set up and ultimately failed from that you've then applied to everything from then on? Yeah, no, to be honest, every time I fail, I try to 
take uh, as, as a lesson. And um, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm not very smart, so I'm, I'm making the same mistake twice or three times. But yeah, no, failure is, is part of it. It's, it's, it's painful, uh, but it can be taken as, as a lesson. In terms of how I trick it or, or, or trick the, the percentage of success is as soon as I involve my wife. So she's my lucky charm. My rate of success is a bit less than 10%. Um, okay. Yeah, actually a bit less than 5%. But as soon as I introduce my wife into the decision-making process, uh, I'm not saying that she has the 100%, but very close. So usually I spend two, three months to analyze the data, financial plan, business plan, marketing, product testing, uh, everything that goes around the, the, the investment decision. And for me, if it's okay, the last step is we invite the, the founders at home. And uh, usually we order pizza or make some pasta, something very easy. Uh, they just explain for 10 minutes simply to my wife what is the business about. And after we have a chit chat talking about family, hobbies and whatever, it's, it's, it's comfortable, you know. So one hour, two hours conversation. We close the door and, you know, my wife does the, like the, the gladiator uh, <laughs> in the arena sign, you know, and it turns up, turns down. And um, to be honest, um, that, that was the case of Teddy, was the case of Zofer, was the case of uh, another uh, company, DeepDub, that is doing very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I think she, she's my lucky charm. And she understands business from a personal perspective. She's a okay. teacher. So she has more empathy probably than me and understanding if the team or the, the, the startup can, can be successful. That's great. And I think also that balance and diversity of thought as well as she sees things obviously through the female lens and mm. understands things differently and also keeps you in balance I guess because you know you know what it's like you know if you see a great investment opportunity you get so fixated oh this is going to be amazing whereas it helps you having someone particularly your wife who can obviously maybe let you reflect a little bit and maybe see things that you maybe overlook in that sort of decision process so I think that's a great um checks and balance almost in terms of uh, the approach and investment theses yeah if only we had more of that it's quite a it's quite a nice yin and yang maybe we'll have a boffer family office yeah maybe let's see hopefully <laughs> very nice so when someone comes in for a bigger investment so you're an angel and you've let's say you've taken 49 your partner has 51 when a bigger investor comes in going to be dropping a million dollars how do you work out the potential share of who's going to sell and what you're going to keep? Yeah, so with Asha, it was very simple. We had this agreement and I, I am still following it. Um, he has at the moment 50.3. 50, 50 he had a very small dilution because we had a ESOP pool, yep. which is uh, part of the, the, the cap table. But he still has more than 50% and I went down now to around 10%. Uh, okay. So to be honest, <clears throat> I'm of the advice it's better to have 10% of a watermelon and 50% of a grape. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for me, again, uh, it's, it's, I'm happy for him. He's, for, he's now 25 and uh, he's managing an office with 15 people plus production side of 150. It's a dream come true. Uh, and even if I am a very tiny little part uh, of it, of this is success for me, it's, it's, it's yeah. enough. And, yeah. and also you want to keep the founder motivated. You know, if you start taking away more and more of their baby, then that motivation might dry up. Yeah. Um, you know, they are the brand effectively. Yeah. They're the driving force of the idea. So to keep them invested as much as possible is, you know, is always a good dynamic. Yeah. Um, and in all honesty, even if I had created this company as the same as he did will never be successful because, you know, a guy from Switzerland taking trash in India, producing in India and selling worldwide would have not have the same impact of a very young 19 years old when he started to, mm. to create this movement. So um, I, I think he, he, he needs to be recognized and he will in, in, 
in more and more in the future. Yeah, superb. And, and product-wise, it's available in most places. I think I've seen them here in the UAE in like Level Shoes, one of the big yes. department stores. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, yes, we have Level Shoes that comes at Soar, so Dubai Mall and Mall of the Emirates. And of course, you can find it online. Yeah. Fantastic. Very good. We always like to try and close up, Mateo, with like reasons for hope or cause. Obviously, we're the year of COP28 here in the yep. UAE. Um, we are surrounded and fatigued often by negativity around climate change. And mm -hmm. it can leave us like, you know, leaving quite disenfranchised. You know, are we doing enough businesses and on an individual level? Anything out there you're seeing that, you know, gives us reason for hope for fighting our way out of, you know, uh, potential disaster? Yeah, pray helps usually. <laughs> <laughs> No, to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm not a very technical guy, climate change. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't like to talk about things that I don't really know by, by, by heart. I think we are in a big problematic situation and uh, we recognize it. Uh, if we see the temperature in Europe this, this summer, it's, it's getting a bit crazy. You know, my big hope is that people will try to collaborate more in the startup world, in, in, in government, uh, in, in big, large corporations. So for me, collaboration is the key of, of success. And again, yeah, negativity, we have to consider that if we are in Dubai drinking a coffee, having a roof on our head, we are part of the 1% of the worldwide population that is lucky. So always realizing what we have and uh, be grateful because most of the time people are not very grateful of what, what they have. Completely agree. Yeah. What a nice way to uh, conclude. Uh, Matteo, thank you so much for your time and insights. People can probably find you. We'll put uh, your details in the show notes um, mm -hmm. and to, you know, probably best ways to find you via LinkedIn because I think yes. there'll be people who might want to hopefully become part of the angel movement here globally. It's obviously, it's been been around for a long time, but here in the UA, there's a fast-growing community. And actually, there's... Um, and look, we're an all-male studio here. Just putting it out there. There's very lack <laughs> of diversity in the uh, in the studio today. But um, there's a real growing movement of female angels here in the UA, which is great. I think there's... Um, uh, yeah, there's some really smart ones. I think there's uh, the tw uh, Female Angels 2022, uh, which is, I think, a movement to get 2022 uh, businesses invested through females. Like, there's a few really cool initiatives out there at the moment. So, yeah, I think it'd be great for hopefully people if they if you don't mind to re reach out to you if needed yeah, of course. they can ask you if it's their first uh, angel investment what to look out for and it's great because you think you've been very generous with your insights in terms of where you uh, tend to sort of find these business I think the university on a very grassroots level is mm -hmm. great and there's some really cool accelerator programs out there now here in the region um, some great incubators and that's mm -hmm. where yeah hopefully there'll be a platform for many to you know great founders and businesses to be found of course yeah brilliant Thank you very much for your time and good Thank luck you. in the meantime. Thank yeah. you so much. It was very, very interesting. Best of luck for the future. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast. Drop a follow to never miss an episode. For more information on ourselves, there's a link in the show notes. See you next time. 